Well, good morning. It's November 3rd, uh, 2020. It is election day, and we are getting ready to do our, our due diligence and go vote. I always have to laugh. And by the way, if you'll get your Bibles out and turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, you'll be where you need to be when you get to study the Bible. Oh, and welcome uh, to the Proclaiming the Word podcast by DK Ministries. Uh, I'm Danny Smith. I'm your Bible teacher, and uh, I'm glad to be with you today. So why'd you say all that? We listen to you all the time. Well, we've got some new visitors, uh, new visitors, new listeners lately, and want them to know who they're listening to, and hope they invite others. And in case they don't remember who we are, uh, they'll be able to uh, tell them. Boy, I'll tell you, last few days has been busy for us. My goodness, what a blessing! Uh, beginning Saturday night, we uh, well, we just hit. Uh, we, we haven't kept quite kept the president's uh, load of work, but boy, we've been pretty busy. Saturday night, we're at Eden Baptist Church here, uh, about four miles from our house, and I went to their trunk or treat. Boy, you could tell COVID, COVID, COVID has affected everything you do in the world. There were about, uh, we were there for their truck or treat with last year, and there were probably about a, th- a third of the cars that participated, probably about a third of the children who were there. But man, I appreciate so much those who came out and participated in that. Uh, that church really does a good job there. Uh, they had them, uh, they provided a meal, uh, like a hot dog meal we didn't go in and eat this year. Uh, but boy, we just uh, pr- appreciate so much the cars. There were about eight or nine cars. Like I said, it was about a third of what they had the year before. And the children, and boy, you see the smiles on the children's faces. That makes it all worthwhile. And then the next day, of course, we had church at uh, South Macomb Baptist Church. Well, I'm telling you, you want to visit South Macomb Baptist Church sometime. Uh, we're their interim pastor. Been there uh, ten full months, working on eleven. And those are some of the greatest people I've ever been around. They're wonderful folks. Uh, they 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 just been so good and gracious to Kathy and I. And uh, boy, they've 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 helped a lot. You know, we retired and we have missed Spring Creek Baptist Church where we are for 28 years and missed so many of those folks. But these people have helped us a lot, but just by loving on us and making us feel welcome. So anyway, I think I was going to talk to you about the election a little bit. Uh, as you're turning in your Bible, not so much about who to vote for and everything. I hope you have you figure that out by now. I can't figure out how these people can't figure out who they're going to vote for. But anyway, uh, I always have to laugh because people talking about show you know that want to show their driver's license or have their signature or all this other stuff. Uh, we, we were at Kitwood for 28 years. In fact, Chrissy just got home after voting. She uh, she still lives in, I say not home, I say at our house where she works currently. Um, and, and she went in and, and as usual, usual people speak to her because they know her, have known her for almost 30 years. <laughs> Yet she has to show her driver's license and sign the paper to vote. I was always so funny. Uh, we would go in and there'd be a dozen or so people speak to us. Hey, Brother Danny, hey, Miss Kathy. And then uh, we'd just get in line and uh, where's your driver's license and you got to sign here. And then they would uh, and then they would look at the signature. Oh my goodness! So anyway, it always amazes me these people who who throw a fit about some things. But anyway, I hope that you're voting today. And I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, listen, one of the privileges uh, of, of being an American, we get a say so in, in our in the process. The uh, the running of our nation by the people we vote. I hope that you you take it seriously, and I hope you look at you look at who you're voting for. Now we vote in Mississippi this year. We're registered. We're going to go a little while. Uh, we voted in a uh, an election about a month ago, a runoff. So it was pretty simple. But give us an idea of what's going. Guess what? I had to show my driver's license, my voter registration card, and uh, I had to sign my my name just as I did Louisiana. Now no one knew me, so no one said, "Hey, brother Danny." So anyway, I hope wherever you go, you'll be patient today, and you'll vote. Vote, vote. Okay. 
Matthew chapter 13, 54 through 58, that's all filler. If you're going to get God's word out and turn it to where we are, you, you've done it already. If you're not, then you're just saying, let's go with this. Come on. Uh, when he had come to his own country, the he here, of course, is Jesus. He taught them in their synagogues that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is, is not his mother called Barry and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. Oh, I guess being offended isn't a new thing. I guess, <laughs> I guess people have always gotten offended. You say, why is that so funny, Brother Danny? Well, in our world today, people get it offended at so many things. Uh, I have had to laugh. People get mad at this one's going to vote for that one. That one's going to vote for this one. All this kind of stuff. Listen. Uh, you know, some things are people's business and not your business. So mind your business and let them mind their business and, and you won't be so offended. Anyway, they were offended at him. Uh, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not with honor, uh, without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many works there uh, because of their unbelief. Ministering at home is what Jesus is talking about. And I'm telling you, I got a firsthand touch of that. Uh, when I finally surrendered the ministry after a long, 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 long battle with it, it was easier for me to come to Christ as a lost sinner than it was to accept God's call of my life as, as a redeemed child of God. Man, that was an 18-month battle, and I think I made everybody around me visible. So anyway, I answered the, I answered the call of the ministry, and, and uh, nothing happened for a while. But I was the reason nothing was happening. I was praying, Lord, I will go anywhere. We'll do anything. We'll serve you. Send us to wherever it is you want to send us, but don't let us stay here. I uh, prayed that every day. And I was sincere about it. I'll be honest with you. I went, well, I, and I loved our home church, Greenville Springs Baptist Church. And we, we were baptized there. I met Christ uh, there. Uh, uh, my baby girl was baptized there. So we loved the church. What an issue of that. Just I just thought it'd be hard to, well, I just thought it'd be hard and really hard to uh, to serve on staff, any kind of position there at your home church. And they knew you, especially these folks, they knew me and I was lost as a goose in a snowstorm. <laughs> so I thought, well, let me go somewhere where I can stay. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that every day. But after a few months and nothing happening, I finally thought, you know, maybe I need to do redo my prayer. Actually, it was a little conviction, I guess. Let's give God glory and credit. And so I changed my prayer. And that was like on a Monday. And instead of saying, Lord, we'll go anywhere and do anything except Greenville Springs, I started praying, Lord, we'll go anywhere and do anything. And even Greenville Springs, if that's your will. And uh, I thought, actually, I thought it was a pretty safe prayer, to be honest with you. Uh, to my knowledge, the church wasn't looking for anybody. We had a pastor. Uh, we had a minister of music. And I hadn't thought about anything else. And so I was what they would be looking for. And I didn't want a pastor there. And I knew that there wasn't any danger of that. And they certainly weren't going to ask me to lead music. So I really realized while I was convicted that I needed to change my prayer. And while I really decided that, okay, I, I will go where I need to, wherever God wants me to go. It was a pretty safe prayer. They weren't going to call me to be at Greenville Springs because they weren't looking for anybody. Uh, so that's like Monday. And I changed my prayer. So I prayed Monday and Tuesday. God shows your will. Wednesday. So I get home Wednesday night from church, prayer meeting. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We went to prayer meeting. You should go to prayer meeting too. We have it at 6 o'clock Wednesday night. South Pacoma Baptist Church. Love to see you. Small group there. Uh, we're a smaller church anyway. And uh, like I said, we're trying to rebuild and become what God wants us to be in the kingdom or what God wants us to be in Macomb, Mississippi and what God wants us to be in the state of Mississippi. But this pandemic has made it hard. That's for sure. But anyway, we have a small group. It's at 6. And we have a very closely knit 
in kind of a personal interaction Bible study. Hope that you'll be here for that if you don't have a place to go. But anyway, so I get home from Bible study, phone rings. It's a friend of mine that I have known for a long, long time. In fact, uh, there was a time and he lived across the street. His, he and his dear family lived across the street from my mom and dad. He's gone on the glory now. And uh, he said, Danny, this is, and he told me, he said, this is Lambert. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, listen, uh, we're having a meeting here. And um, we've been talking about calling an associate pastor. I had no clue. I said, okay. You know, I'm thinking, well, what do you want me? And he said, want me for? And he said, and we have decided that you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had, I had, uh, you know, uh, sometimes in our own minds we're great spiritual giants, I guess. I am not, but I had the word no just about out. And I heard God say, you changed your prayer. Oh, man. <laughs> and I said, well, Everett, I don't know what to tell you, except that um, God had me change my prayer Monday, and I've been praying anywhere, and and, well, okay, let's talk about it. And so... I don't know, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, whatever it was, I wound up becoming the, the associate pastor of Greenwood Springs Baptist Church, where I served gladly and proudly and look back fondly upon those eight years. Um, we saw many people come to Christ. Our church grew. One year, we had 90 people join the church. That's uh, you know, 90 plus, actually, but anyway. And uh, that church, that church really, we began to see some great things happening. I was so glad to be a part of that and, and to see things happen like they did. So anyway, uh, I served there for eight years, and I got to tell you, those first six months were tough because they knew me, and they knew me well. And I always thought about that passage of Scripture, while it's on completely different planes, I understand what Jesus meant. I accept that kind of read a, a, a preacher who grew up in the church <laughs> has a tough time in his own church and in his own house. And anyway... Uh, I understand a little bit what he meant. Most people who've served the old church probably know a little bit. Always think about these coaches who go back to the alma maters to coach. I always wonder uh, what it's like for them when they first get there. But anyway, if you notice there, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. And then the Bible says this. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And that's really what I will focus on, that phrase, uh, what Jesus did do, but it wasn't because Jesus couldn't do it, but because they didn't believe they, that it would be done. Uh, every time the door of the house of God is opened uh, for people to come in, there are, there are many who say they have faith, and yet in that community, uh, people often do not see the great works of God. Contrary to popular belief, the problem is not due to the sin of the people. It is due to the unbelief of God's people. That's right. Now, yesterday, oh, oh I didn't tell you, uh, I didn't tell you about our weekend. You need to know this to kind of, because some things are going to say. So Saturday, we begin with the trunk or treat at Indian Baptist Church. I think I told you a little bit about that, but I can't go back and check it. I don't want to start over, so let me do this. Uh, we were there Saturday. There was a third of the people there that night, both in cars and children. Uh, the last year, we did the first time last year as DK Ministries. And we don't go and put a sign. We just go in and, and want to minister. Just to be honest with you, we're not looking to get recognition for it from people. Or, oh, SDK. We're looking just to minister to some children. Sometimes that's what it's about. And see those kids put that candy in those bags and those smiling faces. And by the way, neither place we went had skeletons and witches and whatever. They, they just had, you know... Uh, football players and policemen, and uh, they did have one little boy. He had the cutest dragon outfit, and uh, it looked real. <laughs> it looked like when he walked, he was flying that dragon, and some other things. We just had a great time there, and just see those smiling faces. And so uh, we came home uh, Saturday night, which sure Sunday had a great day. South Dakota Baptist Church, being those people, 
I tell you, I, I know, I, I know most of you don't don't um, don't care about this because you don't come to South Macomb. But man, they shocked it. They shocked the daylights out of me uh, Sunday morning by having a pastor appreciation. Now I'm their interim pastor, and the pandemic has made everything difficult. And yet they they took time to, to show some appreciation uh, for me. And boy, I, I, it just blew me away. Still blows me away, and I'm so thankful for that. Love my South Macomb Baptist Church family. We had a great day of worship, great day there, and um, not as many as we like to be there, but uh, we're looking to grow, but had a couple of new faces, and we're thankful for that. So anyway, uh, we come home Sunday afternoon, and, and uh, we're getting ready to go Sunday night to Spring Creek Baptist Church for their harvest festival, for their trunk or treat, whatever you want to call it. And it was tr- just trunk or treat, used to the, the harvest festival with, with COVID, because of COVID, as I said, I hate that phrase. Uh, they were doing a trunk or treat, that's all they were doing. And so we said yes, and we attached to some friends of ours. AJ, our good friend, was uh, was there, and we were kind of uh, attaching to her family, her group, and her car. And uh, I talk about AJ from time to time. She's one of our our onboard listeners, and so um, I love I love her and her family. So anyway, we we got to talk with them, got to visit with some of the folks. We oh, were fortunate enough to be pastor for a long time. Just had a great day, and a little girl. Let me tell you this: this blessed my heart. A little girl who wouldn't hardly speak to. Her. <laughs> when we were her pastor, she was just shy, just didn't say much. She hugged our neck, and I'm telling you, boy, I, I just, I, I just, oh gosh, that was just awesome and wonderful. So we were so glad uh, to see her. So anyway, well, before we went to Spring Creek to participate, we got a phone call, an opportunity to work disaster relief. Uh, so we said, well, we said, yeah, we'll go. So yesterday morning, we got up about two, two thirty. Uh, to be on the road by 3.30, to be in Kentwood for 4.30, to drive to Golden Meadow. <laughs> and so that was quite an experience, just doing all that. So we got to drive to Golden Meadow, and we were fixing hamburgers and fries for a thousand, not fries, excuse me, hamburgers and hot dogs for a thousand. And so we began that, oh my gosh, they had some great workers, and pray for those people in that area. My gosh, power lines, power posts still down. They're all dead, no electricity to them. Down everywhere. In fact, I heard one lady tell another lady in line. The, the lady helping us was a member of the church. A lady come through. I, I don't know if she's a member of the church. Just, it seemed like everybody knew about it in that little community. She said, uh, the, the, so the lady from our, from the church that we were doing it at said, uh, well, have you got power back? She says, oh, no. We, we, there's not even a power pole in our subdivision. I think she used the word subdivision. Standing. We have no clue when we'll get it. Uh, to get out of the church yesterday, we had to drive over power lines with a down pole that had three transformers on it. You say, you don't drive across power lines. Those were dead. You couldn't drive the roads without driving power lines. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Uh, we saw two trailers, two camping trailers, nice, big, comfortable camping trailers. The kind when you they pass you on the road, you go, oh, I'd love to have one of those. Or, gosh, I wonder how much that costs. Things like that. Turned over, flipped, and ruined. I'm telling you, you ain't buying those and fixing them. <laughs> they were ruined. They were smashed, bent up. Man, oh, man. So they just got damage everywhere. So pray for them. Well, we went and with Louisiana Baptist Convention yesterday and worked. And I'm telling you, they do, those disaster relief people, they bless my heart. They work hard. Uh, they don't get, you know, they're, they're not for money. There's no financial remuneration in it. But they just, for the joy of serving the Lord and helping people, and so yesterday, uh, we we cooked. Uh, our friend Margaret, who 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 called us, and we love her to death, and uh, she called and wanted to know if we would go with them. And she said we fixed twelve hundred. I knew it was at least a thousand, but anyway, so we fixed hamburgers and hot dogs. Got right that time, 
uh, for for a thousand people and over. And I'm telling you, time I got home last night, this little boy didn't have to be rocked to sleep. But what a day! Great workers appreciate those. Listen, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Gibby McMillan, uh, who is over disaster relief in state of Louisiana. He does that. He's got some great people working with him. Great people work with him. Margaret's one of those. She I don't know how many things she's gone to. Oh gosh, good job for Gibby. And uh, and then also Stan State, I'm with the associational missionary in the area that we were in. Great job. He got out. And this man, talk about commitment. He got out of the hospital. He had to go to the hospital. He got out of the hospital. And uh, <laughs> people went by and picked him up. And he came work with us all day yesterday. Now we try uh, to take care of him, not let him pick up too much. But I thought, my gosh. But it's just a calling for that. And they were helping people and people who had not had a warm meal uh, I don't know how warm it was the time they got it home, but at least they knew we cared. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate those people so much. Working in the name of Jesus, that's because we believe people can be helped. That's because lives can be can be touched. But it is our unbelief that often keeps us from doing anything. Our unbelief keeps us from being undetected by the world. I'm telling you, because we don't step out, step forward, speak up, do all the things we should do, People don't even know we're there. It is unbelief uh, that leads leads us to be natural people instead of the powerful people of God. We live ordinary lives. We we live lives that don't amount to anything or do anything or accomplish anything. It is unbelief that keeps us behind enemy lines instead of uh, stepping on the enemy's throat. Now, now I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that phraseology or that image of stepping on his throat, but that is what happened when a foe was defeated in that world, and it needs to happen. We just need to we just need to knock Satan down, knock him back, and step on his throat and say, not today, Satan, and not tomorrow either, and not the next day. You ain't coming in here, and you don't have a place to stand, and just keep every day adding to it so he doesn't have a place to stand. We give him too much room. We give him too much credit, and while we say we don't mean to, while we say we don't want to, we give him too much glory. He doesn't deserve any of those things, so let's stop giving Okay, uh, let's be sure we're not. Uh, it is our unbelief keep, it keeps us from being undetected by the world. It keeps us being natural people instead of powerful people. It puts us behind enemy lines instead of stepping on the enemy's throat. It eases us back into sin instead of marching out to defeat the enemy. Over the years, I've worked with a number of people, encouraged, prayed for, prayed with, counseled, whatever words you could use, hulked with people who have had some type of problem, often it's an, uh, some type of a, a, a abuse problem. Now, you can fill in the blank there because all kind of things there. Some of them get better, get well, go on and give God glory. And, and, and some of them that I didn't work with per se, but I know of, uh, have gone on and, and surrendered ministry and doing great things in, in the kingdom of God and thankful for that. But there are many of those who don't stay on the right track. They go through this group and that group and, and go through this counselor and then they don't still stay there. Because instead of marching forward boldly, defeating the enemy to ease back into their sin. I hope that's not your problem. I hope that's not your reality. It is unbelief that leads us to be lifeless instead of loving. I was talking to a pastor that I met yesterday. Great guy, good guy. I just loved listening to him. And he told me about, uh, he is now a pastor in a, in a church, but he retired and uh, was was you know kind of supply preaching. He's not doing interim like he didn't do any interims like I'm doing now. Um, but he was doing supply preaching. He he told me about a particular church. I asked him about it. Uh, I know the church. I didn't know the pastor left. I was just curious. And uh, pastor's gone now. And I asked him how they were doing. He says, "Man, it's just lifeless." He says, "It's very hard." He said, "They just." And I thought, "Golly, that guy was there so long. Uh, as far as I knew, did such a good job, and yet." 
the church seems lifeless. And I realized the reason is people didn't pick up and go on. Listen, you don't depend on the preacher. You got to depend on God. You don't wait for the preacher. You wait for God's direction. I hope that you are not in a lifeless church. But if you are, it is not God's fault. It's your fault because you're not doing what you need to do. So get up and go on and do what God needs you to do. It is unbelief that leaves us in a mess instead of a forward marching formation. Uh, my friend, let me tell you something. Let's get out of the mess and let's let's begin to march forward. It is our unbelief that leaves every person for themselves instead of all of us working together for God. Listen, it is unbelief that makes things that way. It is unbelief that leads us to forget who we are instead of reminding the world who Jesus is. Well, listen, I know that I've talked more in 20 minutes today. I've given you more information uh, than you need to go back, read that passage of scripture, think about unbelief. Hey, listen, maybe you're that guy that like me and you're spending some time in your home church. Maybe you're not becoming their associate pastor. By the way, I don't even know if that title exists much anymore. Uh, back in those days, you heard it a lot. Now you hear worship pastor, youth pastor, all these other titles and phrases. But back in that day, they everybody became, if you weren't the senior pastor, you became either minister of music. They didn't use the term worship pastor. Never heard of that back then. And you became minister of music or you were an associate pastor. Once in a while, uh, you would find guy, uh, someone called to minister of education. But mostly, uh, it would be uh, associate pastor. That meant you could do a lot of things. Basically, my job description, by the way... Uh, <laughs> The line, the sentence wasn't in my job description, but the sentence that described it basically meant uh, as a associate pastor, you do everything the pastor doesn't want to do. <laughs> that's for eight years. That's what I wound up doing. <laughs> oh, mercy. Listen, I hope you're enjoying life. I know it's a pandemic. I hope you've enjoyed life. These last three or four days for Kathy and I have been great days. They have. We've got to see a many a child smile. We love, we love that. We love that. And, you know, uh, I've listened to some folks who've had to stop children's moments or children's church in their churches or whatever it's called. And I had one tell me the other day, they just miss that so much. And I hope that gets to come back soon. We loved children's moments. In, in fact, at our church at, at Spring Creek, we had a lady do the nicest thing for us. The last day we were there, she took a picture of Kathy and I and that surrounded by the children on the platform. And there was a great number of kids that day, many we'd known before they were born. And she, she took that picture. She had it put on a, a um, I don't, you, you know, one of these things that you wrap around. It's not really a blanket, I don't think. I, I maybe call it that, a throw, whatever. And she it's full length. And, oh, my gosh, well, every time I got it here in the back room so I could look at it and be reminded of that day and those children loved them so much. Sometimes that's all it's about, just trying to minister to children. That's what it was for two of the days is the last week, and then the, and then yesterday, disaster relief. He said, Brother Dan, what did you do? Hey, I moved these big old things. We put hamburgers and hot dogs in. I'm gonna tell you, time I got, time I got through. I, I, I had, I, yeah, I had muscles and sore. I didn't know I had. Uh, <laughs> wow, but we had a great time. Kathy uh, undid plates all day. These little cardboard plates, trying to get them undone. Didn't want to do. And uh, we stayed busy. We didn't go to the cars. We didn't do that. We let other people do that. I told somebody yesterday, they asked me about it, and I said that, you know, they could tell I'd worked some other disaster relief things. And I said, well, and they asked me about it. I said, look, I'm here as an Indian. I don't want to be a chief. I just want to be an Indian. I just want to, I'll serve where it doesn't matter. I just love being here, listening to the voices of people who are helping and watching the smiles on the faces of those who are helped. I hope you find a place to serve. We got some rest. We're going out to vote. I hope you vote today. 
I hope you vote. I hope you vote for someone you you think will do the best job for the station. I'm not gonna tell you my vote. Uh, this isn't a political program. You say, well, from time to time, you see, no, no, no. I take lessons from politics and today, and I uh, I do try to teach truth, but I'm trying to teach truth related to the Bible. But today is a day where we vote as citizens of this wonderful country, and I am proud to be an American. I'm thankful for that. I was in the generation, I was in the Vietnam generation. And I was in the Vietnam generation where they stopped the draft. And you didn't sign, there was nowhere to go, nowhere to put people. Um, a friend of mine was about a year older than me. He was drafted and he spent all his time in Germany where he learned to smoke pot. He's, you know, he said there was so much, you know, it was just, it's the 70s, it was a different time. And he didn't blame the army for that. It wasn't the army's fault because on his free time, that's what he did. He just smoked pot. <laughs> so he, he developed, I hope he got over that. I've lost track of him. Uh, through the years, we worked construction together for a while. But I love this country. And I hate seeing some of the things happening. And I pray that, I pray the news media is wrong about what it is saying. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. I hope the news media is wrong about what they're saying. And if the election turns out where a man that they've been throwing stones at for four years does win, I pray that chaos doesn't, doesn't, you know, show up, manifest itself. But if it does, I pray for safety. I pray for comfort. I pray for protection for our, for our law enforcement officers and for people who are trying to protect their businesses and homes. And I pray that God will bless America. And I'm praying that God will bless you. Listen, I'm a little long. I usually try to make it about 18 minutes. I'm right at 26. So let me go. Let me give you a way to contact us. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com, all or a case. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com, all or a case. DK Ministries. You can get us on the Facebook, as my friend says. And you can listen to our video. You can listen to our podcast. Share them. Tell people where to get them. And we put, we uh, put them together on Anchor. Appreciate them. And they told me this morning, reminded me, really, I think I already knew this, that Apple uh, shares our podcast, Spotify shares our podcast. There are a number of other places to do. I haven't heard from people who listen on those venues. When I get word uh, from from people, hey, I listen on such and such, I'll let you know just so you don't check it out. But Spotify, and I do know a, a dear friend of mine, truck driver, by the way, who I think is doing some disaster relief work himself with his truck and driving things. So, Jeremy, if you're out there praying for you, brother, stay safe. Uh, uh, you know, just do what God has called you to do, man. Uh, miss hearing from you. I'll let you know we're thinking about you and your family. God bless you guys. And listen, remember, one nation under God. Let's come together and let's act like the people of God. God bless you. We love you. Hope to see you soon. Well, good morning. This is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. And yes, yesterday was election day. And whew, man, I tell you, if you didn't learn anything, whether your candidates, <coughs> candidates won, lost, whatever. But if you didn't learn anything, certainly one thing you should learn is we are as absolutely, as people say, a divided nation. And when you look at the numbers, you know, uh, the way they skew, the way they come, it is clear that that. Overall, we are a divided nation, and unless we get under the hand of God, we're going to remain divided, and who knows what's going to happen. So I encourage you to pray for that. I hope that you got you some rest. I hope things are looking good. I hope that you will take your Bible, if you have it this morning, and turn with me to Genesis 14, beginning in verse 25. Genesis 14, verse 25. We're going to look at a very familiar story this morning, Peter walking on the water. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. You can criticize it, you can complain about it, and you can doubt, you can do everything, but the Bible puts it in there, so I think we're supposed to learn from it. And yes, 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 before you 
begin to wonder, I believe this story. I don't know everything there is to know about it, but I believe this story because it's in the Word of God and that's all that really matters to me. Peter walked on the water. Now, there are a lot of reasons he did so, but the number one reason he did so was he wanted to go to Jesus and he asked Jesus to let him come and Jesus said, come, and he went. Now, he did get in trouble. He did begin to sink and most of you know that. I have given you enough time to turn to Genesis chapter uh, 14. We're going to go ahead and dive into our Bible study. Let me welcome you to our uh, to our discussion today. This is DK Ministries Proclaiming the Word uh, podcast. I am Danny Smith. I am your Bible teacher today, I guess, <laughs> at least next 15, 16 minutes, whatever it is. I hope you listen. I hope you share people, share with people our podcast. We'd love to get some more listeners. Uh, we're thankful for those who've been coming on board, thankful for those who've been helping out and sharing and telling people about it. We're very, very thankful for, for that. Uh, we are located in Tollertown, Mississippi uh, right now. Uh, we are the interim pastor of South Macomb Baptist Church. Great church, wonderful church, wonderful people. Uh, we retired after 28 years being at Spring Creek Baptist Church, Kentwood, Louisiana. What a wonderful experience that was. But we have now transitioned, I think that is the new phrase, into something else. In fact, we got to do something earlier in the week. I talked to you about it yesterday, so it won't take a lot of time. Got to do some disaster relief work. That's something that I found very hard to do while pastoring every day full-time at a church. And I really, really like that work, love that work, actually. Wish I could do more of it. So Kathy and I got to go Monday and help uh, some people, some wonderful people in Golden Meadow, and fixed hamburgers and hot dogs, made a hot meal uh, for people who had not had one in a few days. Continue to pray for those people. Anyway, we are here today. The sun is coming up. And, and sure enough, people were right. No matter who wins, no matter anything else, Jesus is still Lord. The sun's still shining, and it's good. Uh, to be alive. So let's look. You ought to be there by now. Surely, you, if you're going to get there, you're there by now. Matthew 14, beginning verse 25. Now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples uh, saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost. I don't know if the word troubled is the word you'd want to use if I'd see that, but hey, we'll take that. And they cried out for fear. That's that. That's got to come in somewhere. But immediately, I like that word immediately, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Now he stops discussing right there. Uh, <clears throat> Matthew doesn't really record Jesus saying anything. It wasn't like he called them to come out there or anything like that or implied. Uh, and the way Matthew uh, writes the story, in fact, we don't get any uh, any idea that uh, Jesus even was, you know, trying to suggest they should come out to him. But in verse 28, the Bible says, or and, my translation says, no, uh, but yeah, I do, not, I do not be afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you uh, on the water. Now, I don't know why Peter would use the word if there, the word that translates the word if to us. I don't know if it's because he doubted it was Jesus. Apparently he didn't. He got out and walked in the water or or he said, okay, if that's you, you can do that. Then ask me to come out to you or allow me or call me, whatever you, however you want to look at it, however you want to think about it. And certainly uh, Jesus did do that. And Peter did a walk in the water. In fact, uh, verse 29 uh, says this. So he said, come, one word. Uh, you know, when some of these people were called to follow him, there were two words, follow me. But in this case, one word, come, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, I, I guess that's the way they're trying to describe his getting up, getting over the side, and then getting down into the water. It is not, and apparently he didn't jump into the water. Apparently he wasn't long getting wet. 
<laughs> anyway, and Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, I command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked in the water and he did it for purpose to go to Jesus. But you know, a lot of times in life, we're, we think we're going to go to Jesus. We think we're going to follow him. But the same thing happens to us. Something happens. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to seek. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And that's what happens to us. We uh, we get down out of our situation in faith and, and strength and courage and all those things. And then oh, some kind of wind comes. And man, I've lived long enough to know there's all kinds of winds. Uh, there's winds that happen in our life internally, externally. There's winds that happen that no one else can see. And there's winds that everybody seems to be affected by. Uh, there's all kinds of wind. The Bible does not say, make clear how far Peter walked. I don't know. You know, I have heard people suggest various things. I don't know why they do that. There's no way to know how far he walked. Bible doesn't say, did he get close to Jesus? How far did he go before he took his eyes? All kinds of these things. Well, let me finish that sentence. How far did he go before he took his eyes off Jesus? I Sometimes I forget that you can't listen as fast as my mind can think. So sorry about that. It's one of the things that I've always realized. Uh, when I get kicked in gear, I get kicked in gear. And, buddy, I can I can roll with the best of them. <laughs> so I have to remind myself to kind of slow down and finish my sentences. Hey, listen, you don't, you don't have, you're blessed. Uh, you ought to have been reading some of those first sermons I wrote and teachers had the grade. I mean, I could go all over the place because my mind just flows and flutters with stuff. So anyway. There are a lot of questions that come. I've said all that to say this. Let's get back on the track here. You don't care about what I think or do. There are a lot of questions that come. Uh, should Peter should Peter be praised for trying to walk on the water? You know, I don't. I, I, there's a lot of people, uh, when they talk about this story, they don't say anything good about him walking on the water. Uh, would you have tried that? Would you have done that? I probably, uh, right now, I don't know. I, I, I want to say no because people don't walk on the water normally. But then it was quite a moment. It was a holy moment. Jesus was there. He was walking on the water. Uh, you've been told to follow him. I mean, a lot of things you could build, a lot of things you could say. And so to Peter, it made sense. Hey, Lord, if that's you, if that's what you want me to do, bid me to come to you. And then that one word come. And so he went. And so you know what? Right here, you can take every criticism of Peter that you've ever used and lay it aside in my, in my book. Because he went when Jesus said, come. One word, come, and, and, and Peter went. And he went to do something he would not normally do, and he did it for a while till he took his eyes off Jesus. Now, there's a lot of lessons to learn there, and we're going we're gonna to go over there. But whether Jesus is praised for trying it or asking it or whatever you decide about that, the thing is true that he did ask, he did go, and he did attempt, and he did take some steps. How many don't know? how deep did he fall? How deep under the water did he go? I don't think very far. I think Jesus caught him as soon as he, you know, as soon as Peter said something, Jesus rescued him. There are a lot of things in this story that, well, we can't explain and don't know. You say, Brother Danny, you've read the story, you've talked about, it. well, I mean, there, there are questions that we have and, and, and could have. What I want to do, though, is learn. I, I want to learn from Peter's experience and, and try to do, uh, and try to do what is hard, what I'm meant to do. That's what Peter was asking. Hey, Lord, let me do this thing that's hard. It's impossible, in fact. I, I want to be one of those people. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're happy being one of the crowd. Maybe you're happy uh, being one in the pew. You know, that. that hey, look, okay. Um, but God has so much more for us. Um, there's so much more in life for us. And, and there's some been some, some songs the last couple of years about, 
you know, basically that message more. We got, we need to do more. We need to do what Jesus wants us to do. And that's what I want to do. I, I can't speak to you. I can't, I can't speak for you. I can't speak on, you know, I can't speak to you about that, but I can tell you this. I think most of us want to do more. We just don't know what to do. And so what I want to do is I want to learn. I want to learn from Peter's experience and try to do what is hard for me, but I'm meant to do. I think Peter was meant to walk on the water. Now, whether he was <clears throat> meant to, uh, Make it all the way Jesus don't know, can't say. The Bible doesn't say. I do know this. I've never found where uh, Jesus took Peter aside and said, man, you embarrassed me. <laughs> you, you know, you embarrassed me. I told you to come out and you take a few steps. And well, you know, I never found that. Now, also too, conversely, I never found the passage where Jesus put his arm around his neck and said, uh, man, I'm so proud of you. Uh, which was it? Don't know. Don't, the Bible doesn't say. I imagine I have an idea, but I want to learn things. And I'm going to assume for our purposes, today anyway, that you want to learn as well. So what I'm going to do is simply point out to some of the things I have noticed and I think God has shown me in this passage and share them with you so that together we might learn. And no, I do not know if the guys in the ivory towers of theology would consider these things worthwhile. They're what God has shown me, so they are worthwhile to me. Uh, hopefully they'll be worthwhile to you as well. Let me read the passage again. I know I know that we're going to get later uh, than we anticipate or expect or really plan on doing, but let me read the passage again just so that we know where we are. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter uh, answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Uh, so he said, come. And when, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, listen, I, if nothing else, I proved I could actually read through a passage without interrupting it by, you know, giving you some commentary. I did do that. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Give me some credit. Anyway, they heard the voice of Jesus. Some things I learned, some things that, you know, I've learned from reading this passage, looking at it. They, meaning the disciples, heard the voice of Jesus, and he told them not to be afraid. So there was a revelation. This is Jesus and assurance. Do not be afraid. How often in your life, how often in my life, we hear the voice of God, and his first thing to us, don't be afraid, don't worry, don't fear, uh, don't don't stroke out, don't get anxiety. You know, all these things, oh, I don't have an anxiety attack. Everything that it says you and I today, we need to remember that Jesus' first word to us is don't be afraid typically. It's just don't be afraid. You know, when we're when we're challenged and who isn't challenged from time to time, when we're in difficulty, oh my gosh, he doesn't have difficulty from time to time. Uh, some people waking up this morning, the election is not really decided, it's unclear. Uh, there are ideas and people doing this and people doing that and they're going to be worried about, well, who's going to interfere? Who's going to make this? Listen, it is under the control of God. Just rest do not, as he said, do not be afraid. Okay, here we go. So they heard the voice of Jesus and he told them not to be afraid. So there's a revelation and, and, and a word of assurance or comfort there. Uh, I think one of the things I learned there just for me, I'm just speaking to me, even in those most difficult moments and, and hard moments and things when we're doing, when God has called us to do things we never dreamed we would do or allowing us to do things we never thought about doing, he is there with us and there is calm and there is assurance and and so I hope that you'll see that. I've learned that from this. I, I've learned that Peter really did walk on the water. Now, we, what it teaches me is we can do things we never thought about doing if we do it because Jesus calls us to do it. 
Now, we can say, well, he didn't walk all the way, or we could say, uh, how far did he go? We could ask all those negative things that we've almost been <clears throat> conditioned to ask. But the truth is, let's stop a moment. Remember, he got up, he went over the side of the boat, and he began to walk on the water. Yes, he took his eyes off Jesus, and the wind was boisterous, and, the, and, and there was something against him. Have you ever had a day or time or moment or experience where something wasn't against you? If so, count yourself blessed. I'm, I don't know. I mean, from the simplest to the most complex things in life, it seems like there's always an enemy who's doing their very best uh, to trick us, to trap us, or whatever. But Peter, for a moment, put his eyes strictly on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what the, the Bible says that we need to do. He did it for a moment. When he did it, he could do things he couldn't normally do. When he took his eyes off, well, he began to sink. So we learned that Peter really did walk on the water. And, and that reminds us that we can do things we never thought about doing if we do it because Jesus has called us to do it and we'll keep our eyes on him. All right, let's be honest. Aren't there times where you could have done much more if you had just kept your eyes on him? And sometimes we take our eyes off Jesus because of what we see around us. Well, that really gets our, you know, gets our attention. Or what we hear people say. Or, we, uh, or what we think people are saying. You know, sometimes... People don't even have to say it. We can think they're saying it, and we got our eyes off Jesus, and there we go again, sinking in the circumstances. Well, let's rise above the circumstances and keep your eyes on Jesus. <clears throat> Another thing I learned is one word from Jesus, and Peter was ready to move. One word, come, one word. <sighs> there have been times in my life, and there are probably still times that I, I, you know, I'm not even going to try to run down that rabbit hole, that it's taking more than one word for me to do what God wants me to do. It's taken more than one invitation. Uh, I've gone to the Henry Blackaby School, I guess, of, of looking for the hand of God and, and saying that I want to join him there. That's what, that's what Dr. Blackaby teaches, that where God is working and joining there. I say and I teach that I want to do that, but I wonder how many times, you know, I had to be shown up more than once. I had to hear the call more than twice. I, you know, all those things uh, that have to do with our changing our life, our moving forward, our stepping out. Well, here's what I'll say. <clears throat> You and I, together, we need to we need to get to the place where one calls enough, come. When admonition's enough, don't. So let's just make sure that we begin to listen to the Lord. Let's le let's learn from this experience. Okay, one word for Jesus, and Peter was ready to move. He should be one word from Jesus, and we are ready to move. One look away from Jesus, and Peter was in trouble. Nothing's changed about that, my friend. Let me tell you something. We take our eyes off Jesus, we are in trouble. But Peter learned that Jesus was there and brought him through safely. And if we can if we can get our eyes focused on Jesus, we also can learn that Jesus is with us and he will bring us through safely. Well, <clears throat> that's what I wanted to talk to you about this morning. It's a wonderful experience. I think every once in a while, uh, we just need to stop and reflect on this experience. It's one of those things <clears throat> they want to do. Uh, through the years, I've had people tell you, you know, preachers don't preach this once a year. Preachers don't talk about that once a year. Pretty soon, they got like 600 things that preachers don't talk about every year. And there's only, you know, what's it, 365 days in a year. And you don't even get to, to talk every year. Sorry about that. I dropped something. Um, and so we can't talk about everything. Even if we agree, it needs to be talked about. But I think occasionally, you ought to come back to this story and look at it and read it and think about it and ponder it and learn things. That's what I did today, and I hope that's what you're doing. The main thing I learned is that when Jesus calls, we should respond. 
Hey, thanks for listening today. I hope this has meant something to you. By the way, that is our thought for the day. If Jesus calls you, respond to his calling. Whatever it is, you can do it if he calls you to it. Uh, every day here, every time we turn on the podcast, every time we do something, our goal is to give you something today. We wanted to give you that thought. If he calls you, respond. You can do it if he calls. God bless you. Listen, it's DK Ministries podcast. Uh, we record these on Anchor. They are available in a number of places, including including Spotify and, and Apple, uh, Apple, but not limited to those. They're, they're available in lots of places. I don't know. Uh, I, I I've been I sent I'm sent notices from time to time about where they are available. Uh, when we first started this, it was hard it was hard to keep track everywhere. So I don't know everywhere, um, but as people say, hey, I listen here, I listen there, brother Danny, I find it work. Let me know that that would be awesome, and I'll remind people. I hope you have a great day. Listen, no matter what you wanted to happen yesterday, this is a new day. Let us look to the Lord. Let us listen to God. And let us walk with him. God bless you. We're praying for your DK Ministries. Yes, you can contact us if that's what you're wondering. We'd love to hear from you. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com, all lowercase. GSPreacherMan at gmail.com, all lowercase. Or uh, you can uh, check out the Facebook page, uh, DK Ministries. Uh, We have these podcasts periodically. We often share them. and We're doing it more often now. It just seems to help our, our listenership, if that's the word. Um, on my story, which is uh, we share it through DK Ministries and it becomes on our story. But that only stays there about 24 hours and the podcasts stay much longer than that. I hope you tell people about the podcast, invite them to listen. Hey, send, uh, send what you think, you know, corrections, complaints, whatever, let us know. Send us your prayer request. We have a, a ministry prayer uh, prayer link, prayer, a prayer sheet. And uh, we, we send it out to you once a week. And um, every time someone calls and say, add this one, add that one, we send it out again. So we have a praying ministry. Listen, we're praying for you. I hope to see you soon. God bless you. DK Ministries. Look us up on the Facebook. DSPreacherMan at gmail.com. God bless you. See you next time.